New jingle, new voices. Welcome to this special guest season of Retrain Your Brain with me, chartered psychologist Dr. Audrey Tang. In this season, I am privileged to speak to so many well-being guest experts to learn all about their field and to give you loads of practical tips and tools to live your best life. Now, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome one of our regular guests. It's Dr. Sharon Hall from the UK Teen Infusions Association, because we have recently had International Tea Day. And this year's theme is celebrating tea around the world from field to cup. And I'm so thrilled to have Dr. Sharon back in with us to tell us all about the benefits of tea and also why we celebrate International Tea Day. So, Dr. Sharon... The United Nations makes a special effort to celebrate International Tea Day. Why is tea so significant, not just to us Brits, because we know we like our tea, but around the world? Well, hi, Audrey. Thanks hey. for having me back. Uh, really enjoy talking to you. Well, the um, the FAO, which is the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations, really want to take an opportunity to highlight the vital role that the tea sector plays and its broader economic and social impacts around the world. And you're absolutely right. Tea production and processing represents a source of livelihoods for millions of families, including millions of people in the least developed countries. And it's what, you know, one of the ways that tea really impacts is that the um, money that they earn from exporting teas from those countries helps to finance their food import bills. Mm. So, um, you know, by buying tea and drinking tea, we're supporting the economies of some of the major tea producing countries. So really, really important. But that International Tea Day, which, you know, was 21st of May, really also gives us an opportunity just to talk about tea <laughs> and, the, you know, the amazing variety of tea available. And I don't know if you know, but there are 1500 different cultivars of tea and hundreds of tea types depending on where they're grown what the soil's like how the leaves are processed um, after they're plucked and so it, it's really just it's great for us tea nerds you know we get a chance to just talk tea 24 <laughs> 7. Oh no it's fantastic and you've actually done a tea census as well which I'm so curious about and this is an interesting finding from the tea census. You found that we are using our tea brewing time to do lots of different things. And since speaking with you last, I have now decided to start using my tea brewing time to take a deep breath and actually create a bit of a ritual of it. But that's not all we're doing, is it? So what's going on? What are we up to? Well, it's not just the tea brewing time while the tea's brewing, it's people actually taking a tea break. And we've been <gasps> taking tea breaks for hundreds of years. But I think people see it as a, an important bit of time out during the day and just, an, you know, some time to recharge the batteries. Um, but you're absolutely right. We did survey. We surveyed a thousand tea drinkers and, um, well, almost 50 percent of us are using it as an opportunity to eat something. And that might be a biscuit or a savory snack. Um, but 32 percent told us they see it as an opportunity to connect with other people. Um, okay. But we're also catching up on social media. We're perhaps doing a puzzle or with just only 5% of us, but some of us have, have clocked onto the idea that it's really good, as you've just said, to use that time to just sit and think, maybe a bit of meditation. Yes, I think that's great because this is something you've said on the show before. There's so much connectivity when it comes to tea. It is that 
thing that when someone's upset and they've come around to your house, you put the kettle on. It's such a powerful thing, tea drinking, isn't it? So psychologically powerful. Hugely powerful. And it was actually one of the other findings of the tea census report that we choose the brew we want to drink, you know, be that a true tea from Camellia sinensis or a herbal infusion, depending on our mood. And, um, you know, that really influences what we'd like to brew. I have to say our all-purpose pickup is the classic black tea. Mm. And, you know, the survey respondents told us that they sip that, whether they're feeling hungry, they're feeling lonely, nostalgic, bored, sad, angry, motivated, or happy. Um, But for many of the nation, and that's nearly half of us, a cup of tea really gets us going in the morning. Um, But to your point, actually, many people told us that it helps them face difficult challenges. Yeah. Yeah, really powerful. The whole context around drinking tea is just wonderful. Now, when it comes to tea, and although I'm trying to make tea for a friend, and and I suddenly think, I don't know whether I'm pressing the bag enough. Is it strong enough? Is it too strong? Is How do I brew the perfect cup of tea? Well, first of all, going back to what we've just said, Let's just take a bit of time. <laughs> I think we're all guilty of brushing it, brewing it, squeezing it with a spoon, move on. So, you know, my, my top tip would be just take your time with it. Always use freshly drawn water. And if you can consider using a water filter, because in parts of the country, the water's hard, it's soft, that can really affect taste of tea. It's one tea bag per person or a rounded teaspoon of loose tea for each cup or mug. And we've talked about smart boil before. Yes. Only measure the water you need, just boil just what you need to save that time, money and energy. And the fact that freshly boiled water has all that oxygen and it really draws out all the good flavors. Um, but brewing time, again, it's something that came up in the census. You know, we all, we've all got our personal preferences here. We've got, a, you know, many of us like a super strong tea. Some people like a weak milky tea. So people told us that, you know, most people were letting their tea brew for one to two minutes. And actually, we would advise for most black teas a little bit longer, three to four minutes. And then you won't need to squeeze it with the spoon. Just let it rest. You've put boiling water on it you then can just, it will be just about the right temperature to drink when you give, when you drink it yourself or you give it to your friend. So that would be my top tip. If you're making tea in a mug with your tea bag, milk in last, not milk in first, because if you put the milk on the tea bag, it doesn't draw out all of the flavors. You need that hot water to really bring the best out of your tea. Oh yes, that makes sense. And that's quite a debate that you're going to help me settle there because (laughs) when it comes to drinking tea in China with a teapot, then I've always seen the milk going in first. Is that the right thing to do? Well, historically, we did put, and I'm going back a long time, we did put the milk in first because we drank usually out of fine china. And so they put the milk in first so that when the hot water was added, it didn't break the cup. But of course, our modern cups and mugs and reusable cups are much stronger. So we don't need to worry about that. And as I say, that hot water really does bring up the best in the tea. So you really don't want to douse it in cold milk first. If you're making your tea in a teapot, of course, it doesn't matter so much because you're putting the hot water on the tea in the pot and then really up to personal preference. It's a bit like jam and cream on a scone, isn't it? Which way round it goes. Oh, we're going to get calls. <laughs> no, you're, you're so right. But I love the fact that sometimes there's some real practicalities for why we do things, but actually it's not necessarily the best for the act itself. And your explanation about dousing the tea bag in milk is exactly one of those things. And on 
that, could you tell us a little bit more about the history of our cup of tea, please? Well, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's funny because we often think of tea, don't we, as being quintessentially British. And, yeah. and we have been drinking it for over 350 years. But in fact, the history of tea goes much further back than that. And there are various legends uh, surrounding yeah. the origins of tea. But I think the most famous one is the story of Shennong, who was a Chinese emperor who lived around um, 2737 BC. So really going back a long way. And yeah. he was a renowned herbalist. And the story goes that he was boiling um, a cauldron of water outside and he was making different infusions. And leaves from a nearby tea plant flew into the cauldron <laughs> and oh. he tasted the resulting brew and the beverage of tea was born. So I do think that's a lovely story. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> and, and actually relating to that, when it comes to brewing an infusion, do we brew those longer than tea? We do. So as I was saying in the survey, most people told us they brew for one to two minutes. Um, some people are very, 16%, I think, were are very impatient and they only brewed for one minute and they couldn't wait. I presume they like a, a weak tea. But with herbal infusions, 41% um, told us they were leaving their bags in for six minutes and then the rest were leaving them in for much longer. And actually, sometimes people don't take the bag out at all when they're drinking an infusion. Yes. You see, that's what I do. And is that okay? Uh, to be honest, I'm always saying, whilst there are frameworks for getting the best out of teas and infusions, I do think it's up to people to decide how they like it. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and we are all about that on this show, which is why I love having you on this show, Dr. Sharon. It's, it's fantastic. Where can we learn more about tea, brewing and all and the census as well? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to tea.co.uk, we've got lots on there about the history of tea. Um, the tea census is on the news pages, so you'll be able to look at that there. You can also check into our Around the World Nature Teas series, which is on YouTube at UK Talking Tea. And actually for International Tea Day, we, we created a special um, episode of Around the World. We interviewed explorer and adventurer Andrew Hughes, who He's fantastic. He holds the Guinness World Record for the world's highest afternoon tea party. Uh, so oh, him and 15 climbers ascended Mount Everest to camp two. They took teas, including black and green teas, and also some infusions, peppermint and chamomile, because they really help with digestion and sleep. And they set up a proper tea party at camp two. And so now they hold the Guinness World Record. And he if you if people check out that episode, he talks. He's he's a wonderful person. He talks about tea, bringing people together, and the importance of tea on expeditions. So yeah, check out any of those sources. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much again. It's been such a pleasure, Dr. Sharon Hall. Thank you, Audrey. And that's all we have time for. But if you'd like to find out more, do go to my website, which is www.draudreyt.com, and check out my articles, which give you practical tools to live your best life. Or you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Audrey Tang, Tools to Thrive.